Welcome to the sixth episode of Belgium Mole Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me once more is my fellow Brit, who always has a stash of beer under every table he sits next to, Anthony Williams. Good evening. And that went for when we recorded the code as well. I noticed you brought a cool bag in with you. Of course, yeah. I never go anywhere without my own secret supply of beer. Just like friend of the podcast, Shilda Costa. <laughs> I am loving the recurring theme of Baha and Lloyd get beer-related tasks or drink-related tasks now. This is great. And yet, somehow, Lloyd hasn't revealed he's the mole properly, even when he's been rat arsed That's how good he is. I know you only watched the episode probably about 15 minutes before we start recording this, but I'm assuming you're still on Lloyd. I am still on Lloyd. Uh, there is a little sneaky Peter vibe going on. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm still on Lloyd, but it feels like he's, he's maybe going too far. And I don't know. But I think that's just tunnel vision. So previously, the final six took a hair-raising ride to a theme park where Steve couldn't hold his lunch and everyone couldn't wait to hold their loved ones. That's a game of Cinema Pub Quiz Chicken. And I can't even claim that name. That is completely trademarked. Nick Gates, aka Brig off of Bother's Bar. Peter and his brother doubled down but lost to Helen Hunt and spent the night in their car. At the final challenge, Greed got the best of most people, as only Peter remained unshot to claim money for orphans, while Steve was dealt the final blow at the execution. Yeah. Steve went. I, I'm being, I'm, I feel like I missed out on a lot of gloatiness last week, so it, it may just bubble up to the surface this week, but... Don't ruin all your good work from last week. I know, so much goodwill. It's only because you'd come round to my way of thinking on Lloyd. If you were on someone else, I'd have just spent the whole time saying, yeah, but Steve went. It was an interesting experience trying to edit that podcast last week because I had to basically do it around work and watching Avengers. <laughs> so I ended up sitting there with my laptop at work on my lunch breaks and before work and, you know, after work, just trying desperately to get that podcast edited and uploaded. Your hard work is um, noted. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and I'm very disappointed that no one has actually picked up on the Avengers reference that I used as the title last week. I was very proud of Gilles Demands Your Silence. Uh, yeah, I, I had to Google it. Trying to pick up on the uh, the Avengers traffic. Yeah, I've not seen it yet, but then I've only seen about two Marvel movies, so I, I don't think I'm going to get it. Oh, that doesn't matter. Well, I keep getting mixed messages. There's people saying it's it's a great movie and it doesn't matter. And then there's lots of people going, yeah, but you'll spend the whole time wondering why people are chuckling at stuff you don't get. There's only a few jokes that will probably go over your head if you've not seen certain films. So I would definitely watch it if I were you. It's a cracking film. Okay, I will will check it out. Is it as, as good as Black Panther? I've not seen Black Panther, so I'm assuming yes. Okay, I really enjoyed that one. And we open the episode with Peter cooking breakfast for everyone in the morning. Yeah, I I love the vibe that these guys have got. It's it's just really you can see when people get executed every week. It it doesn't matter who it is. They're like, oh, we've lost another friend. They just get on so well on this show. I think it sums it up that Gilles does call everyone his best friend. Yeah, it's it's just lovely. I want to go on it. I'm going to have to learn Dutch. <laughs> I know we have the occasional person from production who listens. So if somehow you can get us involved in this show that would be great i'm just gonna up my rhetoric from last week now i just want to be involved somehow yeah i was watching a bit of cafe de mole earlier on and i was thinking yeah i could be sat there talking about the mole drinking good beer what's not to love about this cafe de mole is our starting point because you and i both know that we would adore just being sat in the audience we don't even have to speak on the camera we just want to be sat there in the audience waving to everyone yeah and we wouldn't understand a word that was going on but we'd just you know nod and smile 
it would be so much fun, and it's something <laughs> they could easily do. <laughs> Even if they just slightly drew attention to the fact that, you know, we're the only people doing this podcast, and it's awesome. Both yeah. the show and the podcast, I've really enjoyed doing it. Yeah, no, I've I've really enjoyed it. I was I was a little worried about could we pull it off um, talking about a, a foreign language show, but hey, it seems to work. I'm pleasantly surprised with how much fun I've had during this show because I fear sometimes I'm a little overbearing with how much I love the mole. Mm-hmm. So to finally actually be able to pester you guys into submission and actually watching it with me, and then you guys all enjoying it. Is a victory for me. Yeah, but let's be fair. I, I applied to go on a TV show purely because the production company was Glenn Hughes on the off chance he would be there. And he was. So paid off. And let's be honest, you also applied for a TV show purely to try and spite me for teasing you. Yeah, that is also true. <laughs> and now that they're down to five people remaining, they only get one car. And Jill leaves them a note with letters missing. And they have to solve the puzzle. It wasn't much of a puzzle, though, was it, really? It was It was a bit like that piece of text where they just jumble up the letters to prove that you don't really need most of it. It wasn't, but there was something that I noticed that I'm a little bit pedantic about. Because okay. I'm a well-known game show nerd. They missed out a letter Y. And I actually googled this. In Wheel of Fortune rules, Y is counted as a consonant, even though it's sort of a bit leg in both camps. It is counted yeah. as a consonant, so they should not have taken a Y out of the puzzle. Uh, yeah, Y is kind of like the sixth vowel, isn't it? Yeah, they took out all of the vowels and then one Y that we saw. Maybe it's a clue. Why? I thought that, but then who could it even pertain to? Who knows? That's the thing. I know these clues are a little tenuous at times, i.e. all the time. But I don't know how the letter Y could correspond to anyone. No, not without getting very, very tenuous. I mean, you could say some of the crucifixions were done on a Y-shaped cross, therefore it's pointing to Peter. It's very tenuous. And following on from his tour de force performance in last season, Gilles decides to meet everyone at the best Scrabble score ever, which is the (laughs) Zoltumilcho canals for the first game. And in each round... Three people must solve a Wheel of Fortune puzzle, while the other two complete a mini-challenge. Those playing the Wheel of Fortune determine the value of the mini-challenge. If they get lucky and they guess well, the game could be worth up to €10,000. And I love that they introduce every game with could be worth up to. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the most meaningless figure ever. <laughs> They're never, ever going to get anywhere near that. I don't think they ever actually said that it could be worth up to €10,000, because I had to do quick maths to work it out. <laughs> Sometimes he does, though, and you just think, yeah, whatever, Shield. If they get 50, they'll be happy. Me being me, obviously I'm keeping a, a note of how much the potential pot could have been. So I have to actually watch these games and go, right, if that value is one, how much can they actually win? <laughs> and this one's especially tenuous, because they would have had to hit every 200 euro space each time and get every letter correct to get up to 5,000 euros initially and then double it. They were never going to get it. Not unless they are super lucky. No. And Baha and Peter are the first selected to play mini challenge, and they must taste a tortilla filled with six ingredients while blindfolded, and identify those six ingredients. Each correct one will get a fork from the judge, and six forks win them whatever the value of the puzzle is, and they have three chances to correctly select the ingredients. While they're doing that, Pascal, Yoka, and Lloyd are looking for a nine-letter object, which turns out to be post-zagel, or a stamp. Mm-hmm. And they also found a yoker. I'm just going to call it a yoker now in her honour, even though this is her episode, spoilers. 
<laughs> and the yoker that they found in the car boot allows them to nullify one incorrect guess in one of the three rounds. And they don't do particularly well on this one. No, not particularly easy, I guess. It isn't, but also finishing a puzzle with minus 150 euros is pretty bad. Yeah, it's not not the best result, really. And the interesting wrinkle to this challenge is that if Baha and Peter had lost this challenge, they would have scored nothing for the puzzle and actually done better than the Wheel of Fortune people did. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. I hadn't thought that. <laughs> They'd have been better off completely messing it up. They would have been better off <laughs> completely and utterly screwing everything up. They needed Steve, basically. <laughs> yeah, he would have done a great job for them. Although, let's be honest, Steve is probably the target demographic of Wheel of Fortune, so he probably would have absolutely aced this challenge. <laughs> he may well have done. Yeah, I found this a little confusing when I first watched it, because I was like, did, did they get the ingredients right, or didn't they? And then they came back, and then they lost money, and it, was, it took me uh, a good few minutes to figure out what was going on. Yeah, so they do actually get all six correct, but because the Wheel of Fortune people ended up with Mingelt, as the Dutch share, the Dutch seasons call it, they actually lose money for the challenge. Yeah, and it's probably worth pointing out at this stage to, to our listeners that we watched this without any English subs this week, so we were having to try and guess things a little bit as we were going along. Yeah, it's sort of educated guesses. I mean, last week I watched it without English subs and watched it with English subs, and I only missed one detail. This week, I think I've got everything secure, but I'm 100% confident that anything I get wrong, someone will tell me about. Yeah, yeah please do. Feel free to tweet us abuse if we are wrong about any of the intricacies of these challenges, because we're not 100% this week, which is a fun position to be in. <laughs> like, this show is, is not complex enough. We now have the whole dimension of not even having it in English. I think we should go for the genius next week. <laughs> Lesser podcasts have already tried to podcast about the genius, and we're not, we're not venturing into that realm. Yeah, but we'd probably manage one, more than one podcast every six months about it. That is very true, but also I've never seen The Genius, and my Korean isn't that good. No, mine either. It is, it is worth watching that, I will say. At least with the Dutch and the Belgian mole seasons, I've got enough of a grasp of French and German that I can get by. Yeah. And they do earn minus 150 euros out of a possible 1,200 for this puzzle. And the maximum values are based on getting all the consonants correct, because obviously they, under Wheel of Fortune rules, if you know anything about Wheel of Fortune, you can't actually pick vowels. No, you can buy a vowel. Yeah. Or a clinker, as we discover, is the Dutch word for vowel later. I love I love that word. You can buy a clinker. And for the next mini challenge, Gilles is looking for two people who know their classics from back to front. Such a wonderful pun, even in broken English. <laughs> and they do choose Joker and Pascal. And the ladies must identify the artists of three or four songs which are played backwards. And they can use a microphone which will reverse what they say to help in their quest. I love this game. Uh, do you still listen to Chris Moyles in the morning? How did you guess I was going to mention Moyles? <laughs> Moyles plays reverse words a lot. I've not been listening live for a few weeks because I've been storing up podcasts, but I'm assuming he's still playing reverse words. Yeah, I love it. It, it makes me giggle every time. Waggers and mash. <laughs> yes. Juicy <laughs> melon. But yeah, he plays a game where the audio producer of the show says something into a microphone, reverses it, everyone has to recreate it, he then reverses it back to try and guess what the phrase is going to be, basically. They're yeah. usually slightly saucier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically the inspiration for this game. Yeah, and I would love to have a go at this game. It would be so much fun. I thought it was really funny. I, what I loved was 
when they recorded it backwards and then played it back, their reaction when they figured out what it was, it was just absolute delight. It was brilliant. It made me laugh so much. And yet neither of them have heard of Vanilla Ice. I know. How can you recognise the song but not know it's by Vanilla Ice? I mean, God's sake, Ice is in the title. MC Hammer. Jeez. Everyone knows that unless it's Can't Touch This, it's not going to be MC Hammer because he did nothing else. Unlike Vanilla Ice, who had a wonderfully illustrious career. From Ice Ice Baby to Dancing on Ice Ice Baby. I think he went out first as well. And meanwhile, the boys are looking for a 14-letter profession, which ends up being Gavex Pilot, or Fighter Pilot. And they do end up playing their Yoka, because they get the letter K incorrect, and almost suffer a 200 euro loss. Yeah, timely use of the Yoka there. I think that was the correct strategy, although I did notice a classic bolt tactic in this game, which we'll get to. Okay. And Yoko and Pascal don't know Vanilla Ice, but they do get the other three right, earning them 475 euros out of a possible 1,800. Yeah, and, and actually managed it along the way to improve the Adele song quite considerably. You don't I like Hello? It. I'm not an Adele fan, I must admit. Have you ever heard the Postman Jukebox version of it? It's cracking. I would imagine it is, as they are very good. Logan doesn't like them, so I get to mention them on podcast. He's not here. <laughs> I, I like stuff like that. It, people that do interesting cover versions, I, I find really entertaining. The version of Ice Ice Baby is even better. And the boys do tease the girls by saying that they won minus 475 euros. Yeah, I, th- I think after round one, they, they probably would have fallen for it as well. So <laughs> it's good. And it's Baha and Lloyd who are chosen for the final challenge, and they must solve three party tricks in 10 minutes. And the other three have to solve a four word 6335 expression which is Imand Het Hof Macken, or to court someone. Yeah, and, and I just thought it was lovely that Lord and Baha go for the drinking games. It's just summing up their entire trip to Mexico, isn't it? But they did really well. Yeah, how would you have done on these? Because I, I would have got this shot glass puzzle. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done that one. The other two, yes, I was fine with. Um, but that's straying far too much like maths for me. Uh, no, I, I I knew the um, the banknote one. I've seen that before. You've seen the rolled banknote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I would have figured out the sort of marble in the glass one. But um, yeah, the shot glass one I would have struggled with. So they first have six shot glasses, three on the left filled with liquid, three on the right empty, and they have to pour one of the full ones into one of the empty ones to make it so that no two full glasses are next to each other. Which is a reasonably easy one, I think. Probably, yeah. It wouldn't be for me, but for for normal people. (laughs) And then they must use a wine glass to transport a marble into another glass. And then finally they have to remove a 100 peso note from under an upturned beer bottle without knocking the bottle over. And there really isn't much trouble here. No, no, straightforward. Um, Takes them a little bit of time, because they get quite close to the wire on the last one. Yeah, that was the first puzzle, though. They sort of didn't work it out quickly. Yeah. And the others solved the word puzzle, earning €800 Euros out of a possible 2000 giving them a total of uh, of €1,125 for this challenge, out of a possible 5000 And then, as he is wont to do, Gilles makes an offer. He says if one person wants to play a bonus round, they can double the winnings to a potential €2,250, However, it is double or nothing, and it's played under Wheel of Fortune bonus rules. And Pascal and Baha quite quickly volunteer Lloyd, I'm assuming because they both suspect him. Is that what you think? They're trying to expose it? 
I think that was the reason that they definitely supported him being being the bonus round participant. Mm-hmm. But also, if you are the mole, and assuming it's Lloyd, we're just going to do the Steve thing again and just say, it's Lloyd, who's the mole? <laughs> assuming you're Lloyd, you want to do as well as possible in the early games, and then make sure you are in the position of responsibility at the end. Because then you can go, oopsies, I lost all this cash again. Yeah, but isn't that a little obvious? I think it is, but it's very similar to the sort of tactics we've seen from previous moles. Yeah, I'll go along with that. So before we get to, did Lloyd throw it on the bonus round, do we think there was any moling leading up to that? I don't think so, because I think the mole tactic on this sort of game is do as well as you can, as early as you can, and then screw it up at the end. Yeah. You have to convince the team, if nothing else, to do the double or nothing challenge. Yeah. So does that involve making sure you don't do too well early on? Because if you do quite well early on, would you double it? You've got more to lose, and I think people are more um, more conscious of losing stuff they've already got than not winning stuff that they haven't, if that makes sense. So I think if they built up a decent pot, I think he'd have struggled, or anybody would have struggled to get them to double it up. So I think you have to play that quite carefully. I think it's quite difficult to build up a decent pot on this sort of game anyway, because you have to get so lucky. Well, not if you're the mole, because you'd know the answers, wouldn't you? No, I mean in terms of the spinzer. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no way for them to influence how much money is actually going to go into the pot, or potentially go into the pot. Mm. So he gets to pick five consonants and a vowel, which, in the American version, are given to you, and then you get to pick three and another vowel yourself. I did look up the rules of Wheel of Fortune before this podcast, (laughs) just to make sure I'm right with my understanding of the rules. I've I've only watched Wheel of Fortune when I've been staying up late to watch Survivor Live. I'm not as obsessed with Wheel of Fortune as I am with Jeopardy. I love Jeopardy. I'm a little behind at the moment, but I do love a a good game of Jeopardy. Especially the the college tournaments where I can get all the answers. (laughs) And he picks D, B, M, K, S and E respectively. And he gets one letter. Yeah, and they don't seem like a particularly bad set of letters, to be honest. It's hard because it's it's not in English, but, you know, E is the logical vowel, um, M's a fairly common, S is a fairly common letter in most languages. Yeah, personally, I would have picked S, N, T, R, N and E, I think, are the Wheel of Fortune ones in the US. Mm-hmm. If I'd known anything about this coming forward... I would have picked those letters if I wasn't the mole. Yeah, so you wouldn't have got much more then, would you, really? No, and also, if I actually have got those six letters correct, I know I've got a few of them correct. If I've got all six of them letters correct of what they give you in Wheel of Fortune US, I'm equal parts proud and disappointed at myself. (laughs) And the clue that Gilles gives him is Link, and Lloyd fails to solve Conig Philip, and the money is lost, because he's the link between the three. Yeah, um, I don't know how how well known that is i mean i know who king philip is but i I wasn't aware until i looked him up that he was a fight pilot and he used to fly for klm yeah and weirdly i went to berlin last weekend we were discussing this as a family the fact that it's kind of off that the press revealed that he was flying planes for klm because it's kind of a cool thing for him to do as king yeah well um, do you think he should have guessed a link i guess postage stamp is the thing, isn't it? That makes you think of royalty. Yeah, I think this is a very hard puzzle. It's, it's hard to say, isn't it? Because we don't have all the cultural references. You know, I was trying to think if there was a British equivalent, you know, if it was Prince William or something like that, would you get the link? I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, I don't know how well known it is that, that King Philip was, is a pilot. I don't know. 
in our case, it would have to be Stamp, and then probably a Jeep, because the Queen used to drive Jeeps in World War Two. Yeah, when she was a land girl, yeah. Something like that. Mm. I don't know how easy this puzzle would have been, even if Lloyd wasn't the bot. No, and I didn't, I didn't understand the third clue about to court someone. I wasn't sure whether that was meaning court as in royal court, or whether he's famous for dating someone. I, I, I didn't really get the reference on that one. No, I'm sure someone who is much more up on the Belgian culture will be able to tell us this, because this is the sort of thing that English subs provide. We have no English subs this week, so I have no idea. And everyone sings along to Vanessa Carlton and Callum Scott. Which really made me chuckle, because my my youngest son has been singing that Callum Scott song all week, (laughs) and it's been in my head, and then suddenly it randomly shows up on on a Belgian TV show. I'm like, whoa, how weird. Interestingly, the past two Belgian seasons have had clues to do with music because all of the candidates can pick 20 songs each that then go on a usb or something and get played in the cars oh okay both of the previous two moles have had some sort of punny connection for some of their songs to like themes of the episodes and things i'm not sure they're doing that again this season because it would be way too obvious Mm. however in the back of my mind i thought that somebody had highway to the danger zone from top gun on on their playlist and I've searched at work on my break to try and find out if anyone actually did. And I don't think they did. Which is really annoying because something in the back, in the back of my mind said someone had the Top Gun theme. And it really Ooh. annoys me because that's the sort of clue that, you know, should let me know who the mole is. I haven't noticed it. But yeah, all these playlists are freely available on the Veer website. And there are some interesting choices in there, I have to say. Like, I did not have Baha down as a busted fan, but he has Year 3000 in there. Classic. It is a tune. S Club Juniors came on my Spotify earlier. Not heard that in about 15 years. <laughs> I'd say if S Club, Club Juniors comes up on your daily mix, you really need to do something with your life. <laughs> it wasn't my daily mix. It was my it was my weekly discover. Oh, I'll have you know. <laughs> That's probably even worse. Yeah, you, what you really need to discover is S Club Juniors. There were some absolute tunes in there, and there was also S Club Juniors. Marvellous. And I'm not going to lie, when it came up random, I thought, oh my God, I've not heard this for years. Our Spotify playlists are so different. <laughs> I'm actually just trying to find my Spotify playlist for Discover Weekly to to tell you the sort of thing that Spotify thinks I'm interested in. Because I don't <laughs> use Spotify much, get up right now. I use it quite a lot, and actually my daily mix is, is very good. Well, I have about four daily mixes because I obviously have very eclectic taste, but uh, it, it's really good. I can just put my daily mix on and very rarely get disappointed. So steps, five, six, seven, eight... <laughs> All Saints Never Ever, Uncle Cracker Follow Me, apparently that's explicit, I don't remember that having swears. <laughs> Amy Winehouse Rehab, Shane Ward, That's My Goal, that is a banger. A1's Caught in the Middle, and of course, Automatic High by S Club Genius. Wow. <laughs> when I saw that at work earlier and I played my Discover Weekly without checking what, it, what was actually on it, I did think I've got to mention this because it's ridiculous. I actually tweeted out about one of my Spotify automated playlist last week because it was ridiculous <laughs> like i don't know what spotify think of me but evidently they think that i am a secret pop queen yeah they they think you're a a, a middle-aged woman <laughs> By the sound of it. just because i grew up in the noughties doesn't mean that i'm a secret <laughs> pop queen all right and that is a a message to to anyone at spotify who for some reason would be listening i'm not a secret pop queen all right <laughs> please change the algorithm please I don't want to hear S Club Juniors again. Uh, anyway, back to a car full of people and Lloyd sexually harassing Peter. 
<laughs> and for the record, last week's Discover Weekly featured hearsay. No, I can't argue with that. Pure and simple is an absolute banger. It is. I, I did own their WCD. Showing your age because you're buying things on CD. Well, that's what we did in those days. He says, having received Anne Marie's album last week. And Vanessa Carlton is one of Lloyd's picks, by the way. I found that out. Oh, okay. I think Callum Scott is uh, is one of Yoka's, and uh, Vanessa Carlton is Lloyd's. Fair enough. And in the second assignment, everyone gets to test the mole. And they'll be sequestered and brought one at a time to the control room with Jill. They'll find nine potential punishments, each worth a monetary value if everyone endures them for the time limit. The mole will never receive the punishment, so must act as if they are being affected. And the order of choosing the punishments is randomised. And for 100 euros... They get an irritating noise for a minute. For 200, it's hilarious YouTube clips and not being able to laugh for a minute. For 300 euros, they have to drink a shot with a live worm in it within 10 seconds. For 400 euros, they have to be tickled by a feather for a minute. For 500 euros, it's two minutes of breathing in a stink bomb. 600 euros is one minute of horror film clips. 700 euros is what's in the mystery box. 1,000 euros is eating a hot pepper. And 2,000 euros is enduring a minute with a snake. Interesting task. Interesting task. And I have to ask, which one would you have picked if you were first choice? If you were Peter? Um, I didn't think any of them were really that bad, to be honest. I have to say. I mean, they're not... You know, they, I say, these guys have been buried alive in episode one. You know? I'd have gone straight for the snake. I think I would have gone straight for the snake as well, because, not being funny, but €2,000 is a, a valuable price to pay, potentially for finding out who the mole is, because there is not a chance in hell that the mole would be able to fake a snake reaction. No, I don't know. I, I don't think it's particularly scary, but I don't I don't have a, a phobia of snakes. So I'd be like, yeah, I'll hold a snake. It's fine. Yeah, compared to the reactions of everyone else, obviously Yoko wouldn't have reacted because she's a vet, but everyone else probably would have reacted. And if you have someone who maybe is acting over the top or... Something like that, or pretending like they're actually terrified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the best way to find out who the mole is, because none of the rest of them really are going to tell you who the mole is. Well, I, I actually thought the one that I, I agreed with Peter, I think, with which one was most telling. I think eating a chilli is the hardest thing to fake, I would would have said. But you no, know, I, I thought, even before we get to, to the task itself, and again, this is absolute classic tunnel vision, because... I was watching Jill in, introducing this task like in really small segments because I was translating it as I was going. One thing I did notice is as he's describing it, he says, uh, it's an important day today. Uh, I'll address the four candidates, but not the mole. The moment he said that, cuts to Lloyd, who does a little bit of a raised eyebrows, and then says, uh, you get the chance to put the mole to the test, seriously on, tr- on trial. Again, cuts straight to Lloyd. Both times he specifically points out the mole, goes straight to Lloyd. And there was another hint a bit later on. I'm assuming you'll have picked up on this, but when Lloyd is actually picking the stink bomb, he says that the mole has nothing, assuming they're not in the control booth. Yeah. It's the only one where he points out that the mole might not actually be being affected by this punishment. Yeah, I did notice that. But that's what I mean. It's too obvious. He can't be. It's too much. If Lloyd gets executed next week, not only am I royally screwed, but I'll be gobsmacked. I'll be delighted. I'll be delighted because (laughs) I'll go into the final three going, I have no idea who it is. What on earth? It will make it brilliant, but yeah, it's just just things like that that I feel like if there was nothing else, 
these things would be really strong clues. It just feels like this there's too much. But that's me having suffered from tunnel vision for far too many seasons. I think if Lloyd is the mole, it's going to be interesting to compare the Dutch and Belgian seasons this year. Because mm. the, the Dutch one was a fantastic season with an amazing mole, but a bit of a lacklustre winner compared to, like, Olche. Whereas if Lloyd is the mole, this is still going to be a great season with a alright mole, but probably a great winner. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, not the great winner, because she goes home this week. But with a great winner who definitely deserves to win, whoever they are. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone who's left who could win, i.e. not Lloyd, would actually be a terrible winner right now. This is a nice situation to be in. Oh, yeah. It's, it, I, I don't mind. I really like all of these people. I think they're all great. So Peter gets the first choice, and as we said earlier, he does pick the habanero pepper, and everyone but the mole gets a pepper to eat. I'm not sure what the mole got in place. No, didn't didn't really say, did it? Maybe, maybe nothing? Maybe just something to, to buy? I don't know. Yeah. I vaguely heard it might have been a chocolate pepper or something. Yeah, I, I heard mention of chocolate. I didn't know whether they would all got chocolate with their pepper or, or whether it was just the mole. I definitely heard chocolate mentioned. I'm assuming the mole got a chocolate pepper while everyone else got a habanero. Yeah, yeah. That would, that would make sense. But I'm sure someone will tell us it, assuming we're wrong, which we probably are. <laughs> and Baha is the only person to finish, and Yoka didn't even touch hers. Yeah, very odd. So no money earned for that one. Mm-hmm. And Yoka is the second to pick, and she picks the horror film clips, which I would say would be my least favourite of all of these. Yeah, uh, some some Salvador Dali film that looked really uncomfortable to watch. It did not look pleasant at all. I'm on record as hating horror films anyway, but I don't want to see even the implication that someone's eye gets sliced into. That's know, horrible. It was. It was. It was bad enough just watching the bits we had to watch. So yeah, I didn't like that. That for me would be the one that I would struggle to have a fake reaction to. Actually, yeah, in hindsight. But the mole gets something even more horrifying: clips from Bambi. Ah, <laughs> uh, he can't beat a bit of Bambi. I mean, they could have gone one step further and made it clips from The Lion King. So just had a minute of Mufasa getting thrown over the uh, the cliff into the stampede of Wildebeest. <laughs> Every child's least favourite clip. <laughs> it could have been when Bambi's mother got shot. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, are they going to actually make them all watch the clip where Bambi's mother gets shot, as opposed to a horror film? Because I'm not sure which is more harrowing. I know, I think you could have very similar reactions to both of those. It could have ended up being a situation like the Toy Story 3 thing, where, you know the bit where they're all going towards the, the crusher? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Someone actually did an edit of the film when they showed it to their mum and cut it at that point and faded it to black. Wow. It could have been like that. That would be what I would do. Because she cried. <laughs> He cut off, like, the last half hour of the film. Oh, It is quite sad. It is. It's a, I watched it in the cinema. It was, uh, it was harrowing. And everyone does survive the minute somehow. So the first 600 euros is earned for the pot. Oh. And Pascal picks third, and she picks the mystery box. Woo. Why would you do that? Because it doesn't affect you. I know, but it's not the highest amount. And you have no idea whether it's going to reveal anything or not. What is the point? There's a certain logic in picking stuff that you desperately don't want to be affected by yourself, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. so she's thinking, I'm okay with all of the ones I know about, so this one could be something really horrific, so I'm going to get it out of the way. Yeah, there's three schools of thought for this. One is trying to earn as much money as possible, but you can't guarantee that with the more harrowing ones, people are actually going to 
sit there. Two is making sure that you don't get the one you don't want by picking it yourself, because you're the only person it will then not affect. And three is actually finding them all, because I'm not sure any of these would really help you find them all that much. Maybe the pepper. The pepper is a logical choice, as as we said earlier. Everything else, I'm not sure whether it would really affect him. No, that's fair. Fair point. But I, I wouldn't have chosen the mystery box. No, but we would have picked the snake just because it would have been hilarious television. Well, yeah. yeah I just don't think it's a big deal, but yeah. And everyone but the mole has cockroaches in their box, and the mole has a teddy bear. <laughs> and 700 euros is earned. No problems. No problem at all. And Lloyd is fourth, and he picks the stink bomb. And the mole has nothing in their tank, unless they're in the control room. Mm-hmm. Hint, hint, Lloyd is the mole. And I think it's fair to say that Baha does not enjoy this one. He does not, very much. He doesn't enjoy his aroma cadeau. Pardon the pun, but he has a bit of a stink face on. <laughs> he just certainly does. Now you know where the origin of that phrase is. But still, everyone earns 500 euros. And then Baha is the last man up. And Lloyd desperately pleads with him to pick the snake box. Yeah. But instead he picks the tickle punishment. And gets nothing. No reaction. Absolutely none. The tickling is probably the worst choice, purely because not everyone is affected by tickling. No, and actually, even if you are, you can control it. Yeah. If you have enough willpower, I'm technically ticklish, but I have enough willpower that I don't show it. Yeah, you could easily stop that one. It's a really odd choice. And €400 is earned for the part, bringing it to a total of €2,200 out of a possible 4,800 for this task, and the pot is now 18,925 euros. Which is a nice nice part, I think. It is. We're getting towards the level of previous seasons now, which is nice. Yeah, well, I reckon we're going to get to 25 plus. Yeah, because there'll be a few properly valuable tasks towards the end, I suspect. Mm, I think so. I think so. So what did you think of this um, challenge overall? I think it's a great challenge. I'm not sure the punishments were the best choices, and I'm not sure the candidates made the best choices. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It reminded me, though, of um, a very old psychological experiment. Are you aware of it? The old Stanley Milgram experiments from the 60s. So this was um, sort of coming out of the Second World War as, as the, the trial, the Nazi trials were starting to happen, and it was an exercise in compliance. So he got a bunch of volunteers and basically set it up pretty much like this, uh, except the the people on the other end were wired up to electrodes, and then he would tell them to put some voltage through and just keep ramping it up and ramping it up and seeing at what point people would say, no, I'm not going to do that. But unbeknownst to the volunteers, actually the, the people at the other end weren't wired up at all. They just played a tape recording of them screaming. There's an Australian season that has done that exact task. Uh, yeah, um, and, and the outcome was people will will administer lethal do- what they believe are lethal doses if they're told to so it was a it was a pretty interesting psychological experiment it's been replicated loads of times that basically if you instruct someone to do something most people will comply yeah the the version that the australian mole used was that one person was strapped up to a chair and everyone else had to basically increase the in quote-unquote voltage to earn money for the pot basically but if they decided they didn't want to continue with the experiment, he would win an exemption and they would win no money. Mm, okay, extra dimension to it. And everyone gets a special treat because they get to move on to the next location, which is the city of Puebla. Puebla. 
And Baha wakes everyone up dressed in nothing but a robe. <laughs> Gives everyone a kiss. Perfectly normal. And in the final assignment of the episode, they must become goat herders and each pick a bandana colour. And they have two hours to lead their goats to Gilles. And each one that gets to Gilles is worth 200 euros for the pot. Along the way, they can compete for more goats in their colour, up to a total of 25 goats or 5,000 euros. And the goats are considered lost if they stray more than 20 metres from their owner. And Lloyd faceplants. He's <laughs> just funny. He is so funny in this task. I love it. This really put me in my... This was like a classic Amazing Race task, wasn't it? It had such Amazing Race vibes. I know, but just done better because I just think it was... Just, there was just so many different dimensions to it. Uh, I, I thought it was hilarious. It's a pure comedy task, and it's the sort of task that Belgium Hall does really well. Yeah, it was great. It's like, not only do you have to herd the goats, oh, now we've got to take them through a parkour setup, <laughs> And now some random cowboys are going to show up. It was just very funny. Well, the cowboys are a Belgian mole trope because they love having a game that involves cowboys stealing things off people. When they did the Argentina season, they did have a an entire duck-themed heist, actually, <laughs> involving gauchos trying to steal the duck off them. Brilliant. It's an insane challenge and it's definitely worth watching. So any time that they're sort of in Central South America, they love a, a cowboy stealing something off a team challenge. <laughs> it certainly worked for me. It was brilliant. I, I do think parkour for goats has a future. I think... Uh, well, we have know, goat yoga. Well, that's what I was thinking. You know, maybe there's a business opportunity here. Goat parkour. That's, that's a way to go. And at the first stop, Everyone has to go through an agility course with their goat, and whoever has the fastest time earns four extra goats. Second place gets three, third gets two, and fourth gets one. And it's Peter who wins the four extra goats, followed by Baha, Yoga, and Pascal, and Lloyd gets nothing. To be fair, Bianca is one crazy goat. She is, but also, if he's the mole, he got to pick this. Yeah, but, I mean, come on. Does he really... Yeah, that one's crazy, mate. You, you Seriously. Bianca, she's she's renowned for being one crazy goat. In this challenge, there's not a lot they can do to really sabotage and stop money getting into the pot, because you're guaranteed to get another ten goats in the game at least. At that point, you have two options to try and lose the money. You can either do really badly at the Tin Can Alley, which you only have a one in five control over, mm-hmm. or alternatively... You can uh, try and make sure that the cowboys actually get as many goats as possible. There's no other real way to sabotage it, other than rely on people's greed, as they blatantly did this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the second stop, everyone has five shots in a tin can alley to knock down their own coloured cans. For every can of your colour that is shot down by you or someone else, that earns you a goat. And it's only Peter and Baha who actually shoot anything, and they shoot each other's cans, so they get another go each. Yeah... The shooting seemed really off, but it was everybody. So when Lloyd went first, I was like, oh, come on. It's really bad. Because it looked like they were about two foot away from the target. It's like, surely. Um, but then, you know, Yoko misses Pascal, who's in the military. She yeah, not? she's a Marine officer. <laughs> misses. Um, so it was, I was I was expecting nobody was going to get anything. And then obviously Peter and Barr managed, uh, managed one each, but... Yeah, it was like, what, what, what was going on? Is it a fairground rifle? Is, it, is that what it is? Yeah, it's, uh, it's got a cocked barrel. Yeah, sights were off, I'm guessing. And between the second stop and the finish, there is a section where two cowboys can lasso goats away from the team, and only one goat, which is one of Peter's, is actually claimed. 
It was good. And a, a lovely version of um, the Rolling Stones' Paint It Black playing in the background. It was. And I'm, I meant to mention with Wheel of Fortune, we also had the wrong game show theme played because they played the Price is Right theme. I saw, I think you must have tweeted or something, or you, you messaged me to say you thought it was the Wheel of Fortune theme. And then when I heard it, I was like, no, I don't, no, it's not. But I didn't know what it was. I sent you a message about it, but I was thinking about it earlier. I'm, I thought, I'm sure that's not actually the Wheel of Fortune theme. No, it's Price is Right. I know what it is. Yeah, the the music for this one was odd. It was all over the place because they were using the Price is Right theme for that one. We had the orchestral version of Paint It Black and there was an Avengers theme somewhere in there as well. <laughs> I don't know. They just seem to pick some interesting music. I really like it. Yeah, the, the Avengers theme played when Peter was guiding his goat through the course. Oh, okay. It was the theme of the Avengers and it's more common in Dutch Mold to you know appropriate other songs. So it's kind of odd to see Belgian Mall actually doing it this week. Yeah, I was trying to sort of figure out if we're supposed to attach some significance to it, but I don't know. I don't think we are. I think it that sort of stuff they love to do as a hint. Yeah, but what's Paint It Black? I don't know. No, I don't know either. But they've done music-themed tasks where some of them have been hints before. So I would always be wary of strange music in Belgium Mall because they love a music clue. Mm. And in the end, Peter and Baha arrive with five goats, Yoka has three, Pascal has two, and Lloyd has one for a total of 16, or a potential 3,200 euros. And Gilles then takes each of them aside and gives them an offer. There are two pens between which they can divide their goats. In the right-hand pen, each goat earns 200 euros. In the left, they earn an increased chance of winning a Vrijstelling. Whichever goat eats the golden tortilla placed there by Gilles earns its owner the Vrijstelling. And that is a phrase I did not think I would be saying. Do you know what? I, I have written down exactly the same thing. Did not think I would be talking about golden tortilla. <laughs> Again, it makes me laugh sometimes. What I love about this show is the absolute juxtaposition between it being, at some points, quite serious and then just frankly ridiculous at others. And it's the way Gilles just plays it all deadpan. It, I love it. It really does make me chuckle. I know I say this every week, but Gilles is such a cracking choice for Molehouse because he knows how ridiculous this show is and he plays it so straight that it makes it even funnier. It does. It makes it much funnier. I'm going to place the golden tortilla on the pedestal. The Golden Tortilla does sound like a hybrid chippy and Mexican restaurant that you would find in a high street. It does, yeah. <laughs> Where are you going on Friday night? I'm just going to add to the Golden Tortilla. <laughs> and Peter and Vaha both put all of their five goats in the Vrijstelling pen. Yoko puts her three in the 200 euro pen. Pascal splits hers equally. And Lloyd puts his in the Vrijstelling pen, meaning that only four goats are actually counted and a total of 800 euros is earned out of a total of 5,000. The pot now stands at 19,725 euros out of a possible 82,750 euros. <laughs> That's a big pot. <laughs> and it's one of the red goats, shepherded by Peter, who eats the golden tortilla. <laughs> so he earns the exemption. And I bet, I bet Joker is seriously regretting that decision now. I'm not sure, because if Yoka thinks she's on the right lines, she wouldn't want to sacrifice any more money than she has to. As I said last week, there's a certain point where you have to say, I know who the mole is and I'm just going to have to go for it now. Uh, I'm still on the do anything you can to get to the next test. Didn't you say that this would be the test that you kind of have to pin your colours to the mast? 
Uh, yeah, I thought that, but I'm still not sure. So I'd still be in the, we've got one more. We've got one more week. Let's see what we can come up with. I mean, you're so close to the end now. The opportunity of an exemption right now, you're almost in the final. I know, but you have to be certain. That's the thing. You can't rely on the tools of the game at some point. Yeah, I know. Because there isn't, that is, I would imagine it's highly unlikely there'll be any Freistelling on offer next week. You never know. Mole seasons do love a good Final Four Freistelling. I'm trying to think whether they've ever done it in Belgian Mole. Off the top of my head, I don't think they have, but I'm sure someone will correct me. Mm, I, I, I think I would always take the chance, just in case. It also means, you know, you haven't got to take the test. Nobody's got to see screen. I, I don't know. I just think it's, it's always worth going for. I think it'd be more more fine to make the end and have no idea who the mole is, as we have seen a couple of times recently, than, say, go out at Final Four and Final Five. Yeah, but if you make it to the final, you're 50-50. Yeah, but we have seen, in the past two Dutch seasons, the loser of the final test has had no idea who the mole was. Well, I don't know. We had a great situation in last year's Dutch one where the winner suspected the mole, the mole suspected the loser, and the loser suspected the winner. Yeah, which is exactly how producers want it, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I, I get where you're coming from. You should have it locked in. But, you know, you can have it. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I see your point. But I would just be pushing the just get through to next week and see what happens. Oh, well, one of us is wrong. I'm not sure who yet. That is true. So now it is time for the test. 20 questions on the identity and the actions of the mole. Whoever knows least is out of the game, apart from the mole, who never goes home. And this is a test where we don't actually learn that much. Nope, very little. We don't actually learn that much, and the person we learn the most of is the person who doesn't even have to take the test. So Yoko, Pascal, and Baha all have mysterious suspicions. And Peter says that he suspected Lloyd since Outflavoring 3, and Lloyd suspects both Baha and Pascal. And I don't think you should be splitting at this point in the season either. Well, not unless it doesn't matter. <laughs> if you're in Lloyd's situation as the mole, it doesn't really matter. But you should be locked into one person and one person only. Because you're running out of chances to test your theory. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't be splitting at this point. Um, you'd be very lucky to make it through with a split, wouldn't you? Unless, unless a lot of the questions applied to both of your suspects, you're in trouble. Yeah, towards the pointy end of the game, and I've noticed this, especially in Belgian mole, the questions have started being more individual now. Mm. It started being stuff like, which punishment did the mole pick? And that's not something that you can spread over. No. So you have to be locked in at this point in the season with two tests left to go. You have to know who the mole is, or you have to have the confidence in yourself that you don't mind if you go home from an incorrect suspicion now. No, you're right. You need to be locked on, you need to be confident, and you need to be quick now. You would not want to miss out on the final on a tie-break. No, and I mean, their very first test of this season was on a tie-break. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see who that was, and I'm hoping Gio will reveal that in a couple of weeks. Mm. But you cannot spread any more. No, you, you just can't. You, you're running far too much risk, and unless everybody's clueless, but it seems unlikely that that would be the case when you're down to final five. Someone's going to have a good idea. And I suspect the reason that they didn't show us three people's suspicions is because everyone's on the same person now. Yeah, that would make sense. But we've had lots of people suspecting Lloyd all the way through. We have, and Peter and Baha especially have both been on Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Baha spent a lot of time with Lloyd as well. They've done several tasks together. They have, which 
I think was by design for Baha, because he's suspected load for a while. Mm. And honestly, I suspect that Baha might be our winner now. Yeah, I think so. I think it, in the first few episodes, it felt like he was going to be an early boot, which now makes sense that maybe he's a winner. And that, that, does that make sense? It's like it goes one way or the other. No, it doesn't really. So the reason I don't think we got to know him in the early days is because we're going to get to know him lots in the in the end game. So so that's why it looked like he could be an early boot is because we didn't find out much about him because I think they're holding it back for his winner story. And Pascal gets the green screen before Yoka is executed and her mole book is taken. I'm gutted because I think she's fantastic. I really enjoyed her this season. She's just one of those characters that just really sings out. So it's a shame to see her go. It's a major loss for the season. Yeah, she's really good fun. I don't think anyone after week one really suspected her because the mole would never put themselves early in the season in a an individual camping away from the group role. No, and her reaction to the paintballing was so on point that you'd be like, no, she can't be the mole. That was that was real. <laughs> but she she just had such winner vibes. I don't know how we managed to... I can't believe I'm saying this for the second week. I don't know how we managed to get it so wrong. <laughs> this is the beauty of this show. There's, there's so many levels that you just trip yourself up. This is why it would be entertaining if we ever got on them all, because we are clueless. I know. We overthink it so much that you just, you just tie yourself in knots and go back and forth. There's a good chance that somebody who's never seen this show before would just watch it and go, yeah, it was obvious. Of course they're the mole. That's half of the fun for me, is the fact that, especially with Belgian Mole, I have no idea. I will be lucky if Lloyd is actually the mole. Oh, if if I've stumbled on it from episode one, I promise that it's pure, pure luck. The past two years, I have gone into the final episode thinking that the winner was the mole. So it would be nice to go into the final this year actually knowing who the mole was it'd be lovely but i'd be delighted if we go in and lloyd then goes on to win i I really don't mind so next time there are bikes canoes saunas waves flirting running and there's a secret that they've all been keeping all game long what could it be i think it's mole books it's got to be something to do with mole books hasn't it they won't have the mole book game in the final three i suspect because it's it's the sort of thing where they have it as the last te- uh, the last game before the penultimate test yeah. where you can gain information so we've got to see the mole books next week what the secret is i'm not sure so are you all in on lloyd yet or are you still spreading i'm almost all in on lloyd i'm slightly lower on him this week than i was last week because i'm just getting an odd pizza vibe I can't explain it. I haven't seen anything specific. There's just something there that's niggling away at me now. I think it would be utterly hilarious if Peter's a mole. I think it would be fantastic. Holy Peter. And we would all be going, holy Peter! Just the fact that they actually had the guts to cast a priest as the mole. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I guess, who do you think is going to be the final three? I now think we're looking at an all-male final. I was thinking that exact same thing. I think Pascal is probably our final four boot. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm I'm not not getting a strong enough winner or mole feeling from her, so I think she's most likely to go. I think the thing is, assuming she's on Lloyd, she has been on Lloyd a lot less time than the bo- the boys have. Yeah, which might bite her just in the final run. She might not know enough. We know for a fact that Baha has suspected Lloyd since at least episode two, if not episode one. Mm-hmm. We know that from this week that Peter suspected him since episode three. So if Lloyd is the mole, 
Pascal is probably in the most vulnerable position purely because we don't know when she suspected him since. I think she has put points on him before, but I don't think she's ever gone all in on him that we've seen. No. And Indy will be gutted. He will. Oh, well, he's going to be on next season. So, yeah. Is there anything else to actually say? No, no. Um, Didn't feel quite as strong an episode this week, but he still was the bar so high. It was still really, really fun. And you know what? Maybe that was because without subs, it was a little bit harder work. And, and I think I lost a bit of momentum having to keep stopping and checking things. But um, still really, really enjoying this. Yeah, I said this last week, but the episode following a family visit is always a bit more low-key, just because mm. you cannot have that high energy all the time. I think this one is a typical post-family visit episode where actually it's kind of a getting towards the more serious end of the conversation and it's going to be less fun. They cannot have the ridiculous set pieces necessarily that they have had previously. Having said that, still a great episode, still well above average for reality TV, and still better than Amazing Race Canada. So I'm not complaining. No, I have no complaints about this show. And it will be interesting to see whether we do get the all-male final three that we both suspect is going to happen. Although, given our suspicions from the past couple of weeks, I wouldn't count on it. No, I don't count on anything in this show. So, thank you for joining us for this Belgium World Podcast. We will be back next week to discover the final three. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, on our new Instagram account, RTV Warriors, or our own Twitter pages, MJ Hamston for me, and Paul's Boy for Anthony. See you next week. Bye!